Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Now, cursing is not something that most comedians do. Sorry for cursing. I want you to stop cursing. I've been, I've been using all the wrong swear words. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When your attorney general choice was too racist for Republicans in 1986, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, November 19th, 2016 America Uber Alice edition of the show where we talk about Uber, Group and Fuhrer Bannon and the boys from Breitbart. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by the campaign to repeal Godwin's Law. Because, goddammit, sometimes they really are Nazis. Since 1990, Godwin's Law has provided a useful tool for conversations and dialogues both online and in real life. But the campaign to repeal believes this time we've got to let it go. Take a look around you and ask yourself, do you know who else really liked white nationalism and autocratic rule? You're goddamn right. The campaign to the repeal says, go ahead, compare them to Hitler, because when it quacks like a goose, goose steps like a goose, and it hates Jews like a goose, it's probably a neo-Nazi waterfowl. What are you trying to do here? You think I'm going to sit here and smile while some fucking kike tries to fuck my mother? It's never going to happen, Murray. Fucking forget it. Not on my watch. Not while I'm in this family. I will fucking cut your Shylock nose off and stick it up your ass before I let that happen. Coming in here and poisoning my family's dinner with your Jewish, nigger-loving, hippie bullshit? Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, walk out. Asshole, fucking Kabbalah-reading motherfucker. Get the fuck out of my house. I was having a drink with a friend on Monday night. I I have those, by the way. Um, Obviously, I have drinks. I have drinks all the time. But I I actually have friends, not just imaginary producers whom I torment by mocking their lack of gaming prowess. You couldn't roll a crit if your life depended on it, Gavin. Your dice are bad and you should feel bad. And my friend and I were talking about what we West Coast elites do these days, asking ourselves over and over again, what the fuck just happened? Hey, maybe I've been keeping up on current events, but we just got our asses kicked, pal. And she dropped a pithy expression on me that, frankly, I'm embarrassed that I didn't come up with because it's sort of the thing I've been saying for months now. She said, and I'm, and I'm summarizing here, people are shit, they've always been shit, and the only difference between now and a week or so ago is we know exactly how shitty they are. That about sums it up for me. The hard part about knowing how shitty people actually are is empirical data. I mean, how do you hang a number on how many assholes we have around us? Thanks to this election, we finally actually have hard info on this, and according to the latest tallies, there are 60,583,838 identified assholes in the United States of America. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Sure, there are plenty of unidentified assholes, like that guy who cut you off in traffic yesterday, the, the lady in the checkout line who still pays with a check, and of course the family who lives above me that apparently practices gymnastics until around midnight. But if you want a metric to measure the 
number of dickheads in our country, you can safely use that 60,583,838 number, and that's still growing. Now, I know that calling everyone who voted differently than I did an asshole is not the right thing to do. No, man. I mean, well, yeah, but... But these people did a bad thing. They put a racist sex offender in the White House. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's hardly the first of either of those. But shit, once upon a time, that that was basically part of the job description, like for the first couple of centuries. But around 1960, we decided maybe the dude we put in there should keep that shit to himself and just enact policies that promoted and secured racism. You know, I believe we're making progress. By the time we got to the 21st century... It was more or less understood that the dude would not be actively racist or actively supporting racism, just quietly letting it happen out in the hinterlands. And then we elected a black dude who, honestly, no one should believe he's racist because if he were, there is no way he would have put up with the shit honkies have been dumping on him for the past eight years. But you see, now... We've got an orange American in the White House, and he's already made America great again by bringing on one Steve Bannon as his head honky in charge. The announcement of its campaign chair to the position of senior strategic advisor has been met with some dismay by Americans who are not members of the Schutzstaffel. Including all high-ranking officers of both the SS and the Gestapo. Who is this head honky in charge? Where did he come from? What does he want besides the aforementioning greatening of America? Well, this all began in 1953, the height of the Cold War, and the height of the Red Scare. It's just a few bloody commies stirring things up. In November of that year, little Stevie Bannon was born to Irish immigrant working-class parents, pro-union, Kennedy Democrats, the lot of them. Black Irish bastard. Back at you, man. He received an undergraduate degree from Virginia Tech, served as an officer in the Navy, and obtained a master's in security studies at my alma mater, Georgetown University, proving once and again that not even a Jesuit can exercise the devil once he gets inside of you. He then went on to get an MBA from Harvard, and as one does when one graduates with an MBA from Harvard, he went on to work at his investment banker at Goldman Sachs. I can only imagine what a douchebag that guy must be. You don't even have to finish it because he hasn't even begun to douche. After leaving the douchetopia of Goldman Sachs, he formed a boutique investment bank specializing in media financing, which opened the door to the kind of high-level douchery that could only be found by working in Hollywood. And it was there that Stephen met the man that would change his life forever. Who would open up the flower inside of him and take him from a middling level if quite wealthy Hollywood nobody to the pinnacles of power, Andrew Breitbart. We got to diverge here just for a second to explain who the fuck Andrew Breitbart was. We say was because he is very, very dead. I like the sound of that. So many people do because Andrew Breitbart was a guy who worked at the Drudge Report and he found the Drudge Report just a little too liberal for his taste. So he started his own website, Breitbart.com, in 2007. Breitbart was the kind of place that makes Fox News seem like ABC World News Tonight in terms of balanced coverage. It was filled with firebrand conservative reporting and not a little bit of gossip mongering. I mean, I guess you really have to think 
of it as gawker without any ethical constraints and a hard right-wing bias. That sounds awful. Oh, it was awful then, but it's going to get so much worse. Because in February of 2012, Andrew Breitbart dropped dead of a heart attack in Los Angeles. But you guessed it, conspiracy theories link his death to everyone from George Soros to, of course, Hillary Clinton. Our boy Bannon served on the board of Breitbart News and took the helm of the company when Andy keeled over dead from an ice bullet fired by Joe Biden from the back of a 1983 Toyota Corolla hatchback. Or, or at least that's, that's what I heard. Under Bannon's direction, the editorial tone of Breitbart shifted from Roger Ailes-style conservatism to Joseph Goebbels' full-on racist clan rag. I'm exaggerating, of course, but you get my point. I don't know, am I exaggerating? I mean, let's spend a little time looking at some of the headlines from Breitbart.com during Steve-O's tenure. Bill Crystal, Republican spoiler, renegade Jew. Hoisted high and proud, the Confederate flag proclaims a glorious heritage. Teenage boys with tits, here's my problem with Ghostbusters. Birth control makes women unattractive and crazy. And that's just the pinky toe in the water that comprises Breitbart.com because the real fun is down in the depths where the eyeless fish of the alt-right swim. Bannon's, Bannon's Breitbart provides a safe, warm place for hate to flourish, to breed, and make little baby hate. Oh, and make little baby hate they have, because since Election Day, the Southern Poverty Law Center has documented more than 400 incidents of attacks, great and small, against minorities, women, gays, and in general, Clinton supporters. I mean the swastika. You know, everything old can be made new again. Has made a Chicago Cubs-style comeback, and it's cropping up all over the country as happy Trump supporters show their affection for their leader by slapping the crooked cross anywhere it seems appropriate. Like college dorm doors or movie posters, baseball dugouts, on people's cars. You know, the sort of place one paints a swastika when you really want people to know what you think of them. There's even something for the kids in New America with chance of, quote, build the wall, unquote, breaking out in school lunchrooms across the country. And you know the best part? It's not just down south where one expects these things to happen. It's everywhere. A huge number of these has happened in blue states or swing states or states like Arizona where Democrats did better than usual this year. And I think the message our friends in the alt-right are trying to communicate is... People should know when they're conquered. I gotta admit, I, I didn't want to believe this was actually happening. I, I was suspicious since so many of these were coming in on social media and social media tends to... uh uh, make shit up to fit the moment, and people were desperately afraid this would happen, so I wasn't thinking that the evidence was conclusive, but now I've got law enforcement reports to back me up, and actual news organizations are carrying the story, story not just liberalfearpit.info. Don't go there. It's not good. And we've no reliable baseline to say these numbers are greater than they were before that thing's election, but they offer a disturbing vision of what America might be for the next four years of the alt-right ascendance. Springtime for Hitler 
Is Steve Bannon a racist, misogynist, anti-Semitic prick, or does he just use them for clicks and ratings? Is he the mastermind behind the most virulent anti-American statements, or was he drawn to Trump by those statements? That's the debate raging across the media at the moment, and I'm here to say unequivocally... But it doesn't matter! It just doesn't matter! It just doesn't matter! Is he the racist chicken or the Nazi Twitter egg? Who fucking cares? He gave them voices, legitimacy, and power. If I walked into a third grade class handing out bottle rockets and matchbooks, does it matter if I intended the bottle rockets to be used outside after the school is on fire? The same theory applies with Bannon and the alt-right. God, I feel like I said this all through the election, and here I am saying again after the elections because apparently it just didn't get through. And I'm told I need to reach out to the supporters of that thing and hear their words rather than the rhetoric of its campaign. And I've been listening to NYC's call-in shows and speak where they're speaking with that thing's supporters, and they all repeat the same mantra. I thought what it said was awful, but... But what? I mean, you better have some pretty fucking big after that butt. I mean, you best back that butt up. But you know what I do here? Can you guess? Around 90% of the time, the words that come after butt are vaguely racist, and the other 10% are actually fucking just full-on racist. And it starts with immigration, and it moves on to jobs, and then it winds up with crime, and it seems white folks ain't doing none of that, even though they all fucking live in white neighborhoods, and the motherfuckers stealing their cat's food dish to sell for heroin are all fucking white. You want to tell me again how that shit gets hung on minorities and what he said was awful, but there's no fucking but. What he said was awful, period. Sit down, shut the fuck up because your racist, xenophobic ass doesn't get to say anything after you say but. Sorry, I promised myself I wouldn't rage. Back in episode 74, I did a whole show about the alt-right, who they were, what they believed in, what they wanted, white power, and their vision for a whiter America. For weeks during the campaign, the mainstream media discussed the alt-right and Bannon's ties to their movement and how his website gave them a platform to reach millions of Americans who wouldn't be caught dead on the more overt sites like Stormfront, which is the leading neo-Nazi site on the web, if you don't count Reddit, which is not explicitly neo-Nazi, but might as well be because it hosts so many subreddits dedicated to their ideology. And by the way, Stormfront is happy as a pig in shit to see Stevie Boy in the White House, along with the KKK and the American Nazi Party. If Bannon says what he does is alt-right, and the alt-right says Bannon speaks for them, and the words they say are promising hate, at what point does Bannon not be a racist? Where does that part come in? And none other than Mr. Steve Bannon himself told Mother Jones Magazine that Breitbart was a platform for the alt-right. But you probably don't want to listen to a liberal rag like that, right? You can't trust them. Because, hey, Breitbart editor Joel Pollack told NPR that Breitbart is not racist. And if you believe your lying eyes, what with all the racist headlines, openly avowed racists who publish there, then you're just being politically correct. Correct. Indeed, many of that thing's supporters will tell you the same thing, that we pansy-ass faggot liberals think it's racism, but it's just political correctness run amok. And 
I am the first to admit that trigger warnings, microaggressions, safe spaces, and the sphincters so tight you couldn't drive a needle through with a sledgehammer of some of the left-leaning folks is just fucking annoying. It's whiny, self-indulgent, preening ego that tries to squash any dissent from their narrow definition of what is allowed. Trust me, there are plenty of people out there who would cast yours truly in the fiery pit of doom for my language and some of my colorful metaphors or my genteel spoofing of some certain groups. Fucking fascist! I get it, I get it. I'm a crude, crass person that occasionally enjoys spoofing on people that I'm not. But let's look at where I was, where I came from as just a young lad hitting my earliest attempts at topical humor. In fact, let me go back and play you some of my comedic heroes. Jack and Jill went up to help both with a buck and a quarter. Jill came down with 250. Oh! That fucking whore. Kills people. It petrifies me because girls be hanging out with them. And one night they could be in the club having fun with their gay friend and give them a little kiss and go home with their AIDS on their lips. <laughs> Get home with their husband and then like five years later, Mr. Johnson, you have AIDS. He goes, AIDS? But I'm not a homosexual. Sure, you're not a homosexual. <laughs> now, am I missing something here? These guys tongue fuck each other in the butt for an hour and a half. But you put on a Kennison album, and they can't fucking handle it. Oh, we made jokes. I was actually going to include some of the stuff that I wrote back in those days, but then I read it, and I promptly burned the entire thing. Because those were mainstream comics. I'm not talking about the kind of shit I said or the kind of shit that was said on stages and chuckle huts around the nation. I'm talking about the sort of things we would joke about while having a few beers and playing Nintendo. Those weren't jokes. They were words that robbed people of their basic humanity. Fuck, we were joking about people dying from AIDS. About women being nothing more than holes that we could insert our dick into. Like the hole in a truck stop bathroom wall. I don't... Dude, dude, dude. Whoa. <laughs> TMI, bro. TMI. So by the mid-1990s, the PC movement arose not because we were making jokes, but maybe... Because we didn't acknowledge the fundamental humanity of other human beings. So hey, you know what? Maybe this PC culture, it was kind of fucking necessary. And as time progressed, we coastal elites took the basic idea that all people were human and extended that in our language and our laws to, you know, all people. It didn't matter their race, their religion, or sexual orientation, or even gender identification. We created a culture that extended rights to everyone. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. And I get it. A lot of people out there think they're being called evil because they don't actively burn crosses on the black family's lawn. And many of them know or say they know a black or Mexican family. They don't use the N-word where anyone can hear it. They don't sexually assault women where anyone can see it and honestly think that kind of talk isn't really sexual assault anyway. It's just, you know, what men do. They they think gay people should be allowed to live. And hey, good for you for getting there. But just they don't think that their godless fornication is something their child should be exposed to. Or, you know, they should have to participate in by baking a fucking cake. I mean, I hear you. You're not racist, but there's that but again. 
Because when I was a kid, I was hanging out with some people who decided to do a little constructive vandalism. You know, like kids do. We, or they, broke some windows, spray-painted some walls, lit a small fire. Kids just being kids. I personally did not do any of that because I was scared what would happen if we got caught. But we got caught. And when I told the police and my parents that I didn't, I didn't do any of that. I, I was just there when it happened because, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to. And I was scared. They didn't care because I didn't do anything to stop it or leave or report it. You see, I was part of the act because I was there with them when it was done. Turns out that hanging out with bad people doing bad things even if you don't do them makes you just as responsible for those bad things it's not fair daddy what so when you say but i'm not a racist or a homophobe or a purse pussy grabber but you're just fine hanging out with the people who are and it makes you just as bad as they are our friends over at Breitbart are bad. They believe in stripping the humanity from their fellow citizens. They cloak their hate in a thin crust of politics, like ice on a deep lake you step through and then drown in white power rhetoric. Their hatred of women, their hatred of gays, their hatred of immigrants, Muslims, and always the Jews. What have the Jews ever done to these people? How can you hate the Jews? What has Mel Brooks ever done to you? The reason people don't want Bannon in the White House is because Stephen Bannon thinks it's perfectly okay to hang out with them. Even if he doesn't fully agree with everything they're saying, he's cool with giving them a place to say it. He's cool with giving their politics a politics based entirely on the only real people being white people a platform to be heard by a lot of americans who may not agree with everything they say but you know some of the stuff they're saying makes a lot of goddamn sense and that is how good propaganda works you don't have to beat people over the head with your message you just need to catch a little corner of their brain like maybe mexicans taking their jobs and you plant your seeds and then your little hate flower blooms there's a big question on whether that thing believes in all the white nationalism it spouted over the campaign or whether it latched onto the rhetoric as a useful tool once bannon came along it doesn't matter once you use it you can't take it back you can't undo the damage if i poison a lake to kill one kind of fish say a hillary fish which is corrupting the pond with say a private email server i'm still using a poison which kills all the fish in the pond and the alt-right nationalism is a poison and since that thing started off its campaign with an attack on mexicans i'm betting it knew full well the poison it was using when it shook it off this bass boat into the water we don't have people like steve bannon and white house not just because he's a vile scum bag piece of shit racist fuckwad who should be forced to stand naked in the worst parts of the streets of Chicago wearing a sign just like Bruce Willis and Die Hard 3 although he totally should uncle you better come look at this what it's a white man standing in the street I've seen one not like this. We don't have them in the White House because he's infecting the country with a kind of blasé racism that says it's okay to put up with a little hate so long as it helps you personally. And that, friends, is where we come back to your butt. 
You say you don't agree with Bannon and the alt-right. You say that it was wrong for that thing to say the things it did about Muslims, women, and African Americans. But you voted for it anyway. You're not a racist, and frankly, you're sick and tired of being called a racist. But you voted for a racist who hired a racist who chose a homophobe for a running mate who was dedicated to stripping gays from their, of their civil rights. You think he went too far saying he wanted to register Muslims and spy on mosques, but you voted for him anyway. You don't really think we should round up immigrants and break apart families, but you voted for a guy who said he would do that anyway. You love and respect your women. You would kick a guy's ass who messed with your wife and daughter, but you voted for a guy who would grab them by the pussy anyway. You knew all of this, and you voted for him anyway. And you expect me to sit here and say, you know, wow, I guess all they really wanted was change. Yeah, I think I see the change you wanted. I think I see it spray-painted on the walls of a softball dugout or carved into a dorm room door where a Jewish woman lives. I think your change is busy ripping the hijabs off Muslim women on a bus. I think your change is marching around a Latino kid in a, in a middle school lunchroom shouting, build a wall. I think your change is on Twitter, sending journalists photoshopped images of the kids being shoved into concentration camp ovens. I think your change is calling a woman's house in the middle of the night, telling her it's coming to rape her because it's Trump's America and you can do what you want to women. I think your change is going to be setting a couple of doors down in the White House from the Oval Office, whispering the latest idea from the Klan or the American Nazi Party into the ear of a president who is so fucking stupid, it does whatever the last person it talked to said it should do. I think your change is fascism, and it finally came to America just like we were always warned it would. It's draped in a flag and carrying a goddamn Bible. But no, you aren't a racist, and you're offended that I just called you one. And maybe you're pissed that I've just called you a name you hate. Maybe you don't like that I refer to the president-elect as it or that thing, denying him his fundamental humanity. I guess what I would say is stop being so politically correct. It's only words. Man up, Nancy, and stop being such a faggot because words don't hurt anyone, right? Maybe you think it's wrong that I compare the alt-right to Nazis. After all, this isn't Germany, and it's not the 1930s, and Steve Bannon isn't Goebbels. It's true because Joseph wasn't a bloated Pepe squatting on a fetid lily pad in a shit swamp of the internet. He was a professional evil genius. Bannon is a two-bit huckster with some money and a hard-on for tax cuts for him and his rich friend friends, and the racism is just a bonus. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm being unfair. After all, they haven't even gotten into office yet, right? So I'll make you this deal. If you and your government don't Act like Nazis, I will refrain from calling you Nazis. But I'm betting that I'm going to need to spend a lot of time with research books on the Third Reich because it looks to me like you and your pals that said, but you're not a racist, are starting a fourth one right here in my country, and I will be goddamned if I'm going to let that happen. Finally, I've got a message for all of you out there that 
didn't even bother to show up a week or so ago. A lot of you who just really just want to go along to get along, you're not political, you don't care, you just, you just don't, you're, you're not part of all of this. I, I get that. I get that. I understand. I, I've been there. I've sat out an election or two. But let me, let me close up with this. At the end of World War II, when the Allies occupied Germany, you know what they heard over and over again? Nicht Nazi. I, I can't do the German anymore, but it broke down to, I'm not a Nazi. I have nothing against the Jews. And then it was followed up usually by a plea of ignorance, basically about the entire fucking war. But everyone in Germany knew what was happening. It was right there in front of them. And the only thing they had to do was be okay with it. And let's bring it back a little closer to America. Let's go back in history. When federal troops rounded up the Indians for the Trail of Tears, you didn't have to help them do it. All you had to do was be okay with it. When lynch mobs were harvesting their strange fruit and southern trees, you didn't need to be there tying the noose. All you had to do was be okay with it. When soldiers herded American citizens into trucks because they had Japanese heritage and motored them off to camps, you didn't have to drive the trucks. All you had to do was just be okay with it happening. And when the deportation starts, you don't need to report the Mexican family on your block. All you need to do is be okay with the Border Patrol squads running through it. And when they come to just confirm some names of people you might know for the Muslim registry, you don't even have to answer. All you need to do is just be okay with it. That's it for our show this week. Is anyone else exhausted? Anyone else just want to curl up in a ball and regress to their childhood? I mean, I've been listening to 80s music like it's going out of style. This week alone, I've slalomed between grief, rage, denial, back to grief, then back to denial, before sullenly settling in as rage as my default setting for the foreseeable future. We've really got to be struggling at the show to come up with a way to refer to our new chief executive. I mean, without actually using his name. We can't keep calling him it. It just gets really confusing. If you've got any ideas how to refer to that thing that came from Beyond the Void, send them to us to whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com or call the listener line at 347-687-9601 and let us know. We will, we will honestly use it on the show. You can also tweet them at us at the hell underscore podcast or post them on their Facebook page at the show name. But more than anything else, we need your help. Not with just suggestions for a good rehab program without all the Jesus in us, although Jesus knows we, we need the rehab. But also raising our ratings up in here because it's all good to say we're a low-rated podcast. It's not so great to be a low-rated podcast. So subscribe, and most importantly, just click the five goddamn stars, all right? You don't have to say anything. Just go on iTunes and find the show and click the five goddamn stars. For me, Producer Dave, and finally, Producer Bumble! You suck, Gavin!
and all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say we're no longer working in the closing song because it's too goddamn hard and it's a lot of work and this show takes a lot of work anyway and it's easier just to play ourselves out. We'll see you all next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.